Hello and welcome to Need2Go. Need2Go is a podcast meant to help you take your learning on the go. Our goal is to support administrators, tech coordinators, educators, and just anyone in their learning journey. So whether you are at home, work, the gym, or on your commute, we are glad you're joining us. Now for the latest episode of Need2Go. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Need2Go podcast. I'm your host, Heather Callahan, and for this episode, I am excited to have Craig Badura at Aurora Public Schools. He's the tech integrationist. Is that your title, Craig? I would say so, yep. So I'm excited to have Craig. Um, A little background, Um, Craig is someone that I have learned a lot from over the years as a tech integrationist and before that, someone that I've always looked up to, someone that's always challenged my thinking. And when I was thinking about this month's episode, I thought, you know, I haven't had a chance to sit down and talk to Craig and see what he's doing these days. What are you creating? What are you using? What are your favorites? Because I feel like not just me, but our listeners and and others that follow Nita or Craig or myself um, could learn a lot from what we're creating or what you're creating, what you're using. So Craig, give us a little little brief background about yourself and let's just kind of chat about what, what's going on these days. Oh, well, I've been at Aurora. I was trying to think the other day. I think this is my ninth year. Uh, Prior to that, I was two years as integration at York Public Schools with Chris Friesen and crew there at the elementary and Mitch Bartholomew. And then uh, prior to that, I was a uh, classroom teacher, social studies. I had a little bit of middle school social studies. And uh, here I am today. So nine years later and working with K-12 students and teaching a couple of classes on my own. So uh, 21st year. And here we are on Need to Go. I think it's interesting. Um, I remember when you had texted me and said, hey, I'm going back to the classroom to teach a couple classes. So I know you're creating. So let's talk about those middle school creations. What kind of stuff are you creating there? And then I know you work with elementary kids. We can kind of circle back around to what kind of tools you're using there. That way we cover a wide range of age levels. Well, a lot of what we do, we're uh, one-to-one district-wide, K-12, but we have different devices. K-2, or iPads, every kid has their own iPad and they stay in the classroom. And then three, four, five, we have Chromebooks, really nice touch screen uh, uh, Chromebooks for those kids. And then once they go back to the middle school, they go six, seven, eight. It's really just teachers get to pick which devices they want. So it's kind of nice. And then at the middle school, we also have three different uh, carts of Chromebooks. So almost two to one at the middle school, which is super nice. And then at the high school, they come back to the fancy Chromebooks. But at the middle school in my classes, I just really focus on creation uh, we spend a lot of time looking at content online. Uh, a lot of those kids are in, into Instagram. And so we'll uh, uh, look at Instagram stuff, Twitter stuff. And then we uh, will chat with some people about creating content. But we spend a lot of time right now. Uh, we're spending some time learning Google Drawings this week. So our, our, our middle school kids haven't done a whole lot with Google Drawings. And so we'll spend a lot doing uh, some shape grams with Tony Vincent. And we spend a lot of time doing that. We'll get into Canva. Uh, we read Legacy and likes starting next week and then we'll do a lot of uh, drop quotes or pull quotes from that for our hallway tvs um and so we're making content that will go up not only on our school's twitter account but on the the tvs in the hallway that are around the high school and the middle school so it's just kind of an ever-changing process that's uh we're continuously trying to teach them something new and and a different app and different ways to express themselves or show their learning in the classroom when you talk about middle school i used to teach middle school tech and i always found it difficult I wanted my kids to create, you know, even then, but I always found it difficult to create purposeful content because what does it, you know, what are in, if they were creating something in 
ELA or science, it was related to an experiment, it was related, related to a novel they were reading, it was related to a type of writing, it was related to a genre, that type of thing. And I always right. felt like in a class that was related to technology or like you say, creation, um, sometimes it was hard to give purpose to it and get buy-in with it. But I think things have evolved so much with social media and kids and like the influencers. You know, you talk about legacy versus likes and I, our eighth graders read that too. But I think with the evolution of social media and the draw for kids to want to emulate and be uh, influencers themselves, I feel like that gives a little more purpose maybe than eight years ago when I was doing middle school tech is what it's called yeah and a lot of kids though you said you know so some kids want to be influencers i try to think of my middle school classes right now and i think there's kids on there that 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 are influencers that don't realize it and you know and we'll we'll Mm -hmm. identify that once we read legacy versus like so we have share what you share what you've created fridays so some of our kids we ask them and encourage them to share their youtube channels a lot of them don't want to do it because they don't think their content's very good but i love that because i i tell them don't get rid of your old content that you first started making because it's fun to look back on that five, six years from huh. now and see where you've come. And then, you know, talking about uh, contents or, you know, uh, sp- specific stuff you're making in the classroom for, you know, like we used to do, okay, we're going to make this today. I make my kids make a Google site so they curate everything. And then I encourage them, uh, like here in a couple of weeks, I'll start doing that with our third, fourth, and fifth graders with their Chromebooks. We'll make websites, their own personal Google sites. And then I teach them how to make pages so that they'll curate everything at the end of the year and their fourth will put a just a link to their fourth grade stuff and then their fifth grade stuff and it'll be fun to see how that evolves over the next five six seven years and then once they get to me in eighth grade when we make websites they'll already have that digital portfolio I guess that's the buzz mm-hmm. we call it now but um, I look at it there's as their landing page and we meet with our seniors every year and get them on LinkedIn and we try to have them create a little landing page in about.me but I always talk to our kids about how I think to me, it's more beneficial to you to have a resume and I want a resume with a link on it link backs to that links back to a website website showing your content that you've created and what you're all about. Um, anybody can make a paper resume, but when you can start uh, linking out to your web page, it might have your social media profiles on there um, and just being more transparent as a student, I think that's going to put you above other people when it comes to uh, applying for scholarships or jobs when kids are out of school. I think that's a good point because we have our, we have just recently switched from like a, a paid version of a tool that was creating digital portfolios to, like you said, to Google sites with our sophomores. Right. But it gives an interesting perspective because you're starting it in middle school and they're, they're getting the basics down of the site. And then when they do get to be sophomores and they're taking their careers classes, or even just when they get into high school, they've got all those artifacts and those things they can add, like you said, to create that digital portfolio. And it's just modeling that whole process of creation right from the yep. get-go. So it's not reactive, it's proactive. Right, exactly. And so who knows what it's going to look like eight years from now. Look at where we started in the tech world, both of us. You know, look at, oh, look at know. how things have changed, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last just five years. Um, you know, if you'd have told me 21 years ago when I started teaching, I'll be carrying around a, a thing called an iPad, an iPhone, and I'm going to have a MacBook Pro in my bag. I I would have said you're crazy, but you know, what's it going to look like in just even five years for these kids? It's amazing to think that. Okay. So shifting a little bit, I know um, we've chatted ourselves about some of the things you're doing with your K2 on iPads, the creations you're doing, those types of things. What are are some of your go-tos, favorites, oldies, but goodies, 
um, staple. Yeah, you know, Pit Collage EDU, we pick that up, you get that free. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if it's free right now, we were able to nab that. That's just one to create. Just, I spent a lot of time at the first part of the year in kindergarten and first grade, just really showing different things you can do on the iPad because kids are used to consuming so much or just consuming mm -hmm. with the device and the parents hand it to them and starting to make stuff. So we teach them the basics of Seesaw. You know, we could do monster, uh, some of the math apps that they have. And so it's just that whole process of teaching kids um, that first six, seven weeks on how to use the camera, how to use the, you know, how to shoot video. And we practice that and we do a lot of that. And Seesaw just keeps getting better and better where we can store artifacts. So it's fun. Just the other day, we were looking back at the start of the, or at the, start of the week this week, we were working on a 100th day of school project and um, using the aging booth app. And I just tweeted about it today. Mm -hmm. That's just a really silly, fun project. And kids love doing that. But it's also fun at the end of the year to take time and look back at the stuff you were making in August. And we talk about that. And a lot of the kids will comment and say, look at how I couldn't hardly write my name. So having them reflect even as five and six year olds, it's kind of fun doing that with the technology. But, you know, you just have to find an app that you that you like using and go with it. And, and we spend a lot of time talking about digital citizenship too. So we'll watch some YouTube videos on that. We use Common Sense Media quite a bit. Um, NetSmarts, can't say enough good things about them. Um, Into the Cloud, uh, their series that they dropped last year is phenomenal for kids. And just a lot of good stuff out there to have those discussions with kids. And I'm going to actually start next week with our third, fourth, fifth grades and talking about digital citizenship. And we'll spend quite a bit of time the rest of the year doing that. Awesome. Again, you go back to that digital portfolio, never too young yeah. to get kids creating and reflecting. I feel like as teachers, you know, it's ingrained to us to reflect on the learning process and go back and see how kids have grown, changed, progressed. But yeah. these tools make it transparent for those kids to truly see and reflect and like identify themselves yeah, where they've see. grown or changed yeah. instead of a teacher saying, hey, I've noticed, like yeah. opening it up for them to take ownership of that and realize, celebrate that success. Yep. Kind of goes beyond the technology, really. You know, you're going well beyond the technology when you start thinking about the learning process and those things. Well, and then they start teaching their parents how to do stuff. I'll get comments from parents or stuff and say, I didn't know how to do that. And my kid taught me today. So that's fun as well when you turn the kid into the teacher as well. All right, Craig. So before we close out, uh, question I, I just want to know, what are, what are you digging into? What's a tool or an app that's got you curious that you're kind of messing with, digging into, finding purpose or a tool or an idea, concept? You know, what's on your... Oh, <laughs> that's a good question because I think all of us have been trying to stay above water for the last eight yeah, I know. Um, you know, and I haven't showed a whole lot of new stuff uh, to our teachers. We've just kind of gotten that groove. And I think that's perfectly fine for our mental health with, you know, you get, you get a kid that's gone out of your classroom and you're making lesson <laughs> plans for the kids in person and out of person. And you're trying to zoom a kid in here and there. Um, oh boy, something I've, you know, something I really love this year is Google Jamboard. I've been using that quite a bit uh, with my kids, just kind of exploring different ways to use that. And I'll be talking at our tech day with the uh, we have a work time uh, with our K-5 teachers that will actually be able to, to dig in and do some of that stuff. So haven't really dabbled with a whole lot of new tools uh, during quarantine. I know I probably should have. Um, working on uh, YouTube, uh, uploading content to YouTube a little bit more. That's one of my personal goals this year, some of my cooking stuff that I'm doing. So, um, you know, I, I'd like to learn a little bit more about Pear Deck. And we have one of our teachers here on our tech day coming up. I don't like to use the word tech day, our learning day that yeah, I want to learn. professional development day, whatever the tagline is, right? Learn, learn a little bit more about that. So I'm with you on the Jamboard. That's probably what one of the tools that I've been dabbling with and messing with. And 
I think the thing is, once you dig into stuff like that, you are able to compare and contrast and help make the right decision on what tool is best for the project you're doing with your kids. How can they reflect on their learning? When you go back to reflecting on the learning, you don't want to get, if your focus, if your goal is for them to learn the content or show what they're learning, right? they need to make the decision whether, okay, is it something I just create in Seesaw or do I need to go in Jamboard and sign in and do that? Yeah. Or yeah. is it a pit collage? Am I taking pictures? That type of thing. And so I think that's the, you know, I, I hate to be tool centric. I know that's a word I think I got from you, but at the same time, things have evolved, especially with the Google tools. You know, I think that's probably why Jamboard has my interest peaked is just because it's connected to Google. Yeah. And Google it's intriguing. Better better. You know, Jamboards are so expensive. The TVs themselves. Yes. The yeah. Google support is awesome. Another thing that I've been digging into a lot this second semester, I picked up another class with my digital innovations. I'm calling it digital creations, but I, I was able to snag the Find Your Grind curriculum, the, uh, the Future Ready curriculum. And I've never really been a Future Ready fan because, gosh, I think like we just talked about, five years in the future, what's, <laughs> you know, what are skills kids are going to need? And so I've never been a big fan of that buzzword in education. We throw that around a lot, but they had a future ready curriculum that I was able to, to nab from Dan and Mike over there. And so I always, I already read the legacy versus likes books, but two weeks into that curriculum and it's really, there's a nice keynote by Mike. Um, and it, there's really some great activities in there. And so we're today, we're talking about peak experiences in class and identifying your passions. And it's just neat how they've done a nice job over there at find your grind of packing that all together for teachers. So if you're interested or if you do something with careers in your class, it's a, it's about an eight week program. I would totally check out, go to findyourgrind.com and check out the future edit curriculum that, that they have. Awesome. I, I haven't dug into that either. So thank you. I always, I told you, that's what I said at the beginning. I learned so much from you. That's why Ben had a chance to sit down and chat with you. So I forced that's you into a, a podcast yeah, episode. And I never thought I'd use that site much, but there's so much stuff that I wish I would have learned as an eighth grader. My wife does a careers class at York middle school. She's the guidance counselor there. And her kids have been loving it. And just yesterday, the conversations we had for 40 minutes, and I'm like, oh, it's time to go. And the kids are like, oh, can and I only meet with them every other day. So, you know, they're excited to get back into class on Monday. So it's, it's been a, a nice change. So check it out, people. Awesome. Well, Craig, I appreciate your time. I appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Any last minute ahas you want to share with the listeners? Stay safe. Keep your mask on. Warm weather's coming. Golf season's 38 days away. Not that I'm counting. Another cooking with Craig in the coming up too in February for those. We're going to make uh, pan-seared salmon, couscous, and steamed broccoli. So be sure to uh, join in and and we'll show you a quick, easy meal for for all of you that are busy and don't think you have time to cook. So this one will take you less than 20 minutes. Super easy and really good. Your kids will love it. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for joining us on our latest episode. Thank you, Craig, for joining us and uh, we will chat with you again next month.